0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Well, chuffed today to be able to bring news of an exciting upcoming tour. Dimmer, the project that has Shane P. Carter at its centre, will be on the road later in the year as a full seven-piece band. Dimmer will play Ortyporty Dunedin's Mayfair Theatre on October the second, and Shane P. Carter joins me on the line now. Kia ora, good to have you with with us, Shane.
1: Yeah, good day, Jeff. Nice to be here. Yep.
0: Four albums from Dimmer between 2001 and 2009, and never was the music delivered in quite this way. Tell us about your thinking behind putting this tour together.
1: Right. Well, um, this this uh, this tour is to mark um, the Gulp twentieth anniversary of I believe You Are a Star, which is the first Dimmer album, and we actually have had a sort of talked amongst ourselves. you know, from the last couple of years, thought, sort of, Oh, maybe we should go and do a 20th anniversary tour of that album, which um, you know, people go out and play their old albums. And um, yeah, so we thought we would do that and go out and perform the album. So that's what the show actually is, and uh, we'll throw in another couple of tunes as well. But um, yeah, it's primarily to play that album in a way that it hasn't been performed live before. Actually, yeah.
0: So um. Now that this is out there in the public forum, we're very excited to see a Dimmer outfit uh, presented in this way. Who is the lineup?
1: Um, Yes, yeah, so we've got a um, seven-piece band, including myself, um, Gary Sullivan, who drummed on the original, I believe, You Are a Star um, album and has been a long-time um, co-conspirator, and James Duncan, similarly, who um, has been on board, uh, was on board with the Dimmer band as well, uh, we've also got Nick Rowan who has been involved in engineering duties on quite a few of those records. He is also a musician, he's played with people like the Skeptics and David Kilgour. He's doing sort of electronic stuff. And we've got a couple of new members in there too, sort of newer newcomers. Um, got Lockie Anderson who uh, plays bass in Die 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 and also does um, some really excellent soundtrack work. Um, lovely man and uh, excellent bass player. Um, Louisa Nicklin, who is an um, uh, Auckland artist, she has just put out her debut album, I think and she's playing guitar and doing some singing and we've got Nice Strang, who's from Dunedin actually um, who's going to be helping out with some of the BVs and odd oh, bits and pieces as well um, we brought her into the band because um, one feature of that album is that there's actually quite a lot of harmonies and we want to really represent that record live and um there's quite a lot of subtle layers to that record, so the band is going to involve a lot of people doing not very much at all. And um, because we it's got a lot of spaces but I really wanted to represent the various layers on that record and like I say, represent the record live whereas in the past when we played a lot of that material it's kinda of like um, you know, guitar band versions of the of, of, of the material as opposed to um, a, 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 an emulation of what's actually on the record, which was slaved over.
0: Yeah, over it was many years such a great of album, of course, and and um, and much loved by many. Those who've got uh, their copy on vinyl now will be very excited, of course. Um, can you can you remember touring that uh, album and how you felt about being able to deliver it in that way at the time? Did it feel frustrating? Did you always imagine that you might be able to? Um, put it together in some other way live
1: I don't even know I think when we did gigs around that album we were actually a three piece guitar band and yeah so there's actually quite a few songs on that record that we've never actually played live because I felt like we couldn't do it justice in that kind of more that smaller format like for instance the song Evolution which is you know a really well known dimmer track I, I think we tried that a couple of times and it just never worked live you know and um, um, yeah, so there's half the album I think has never been played live. So um, I kind of thought, well, hang on, these are really actually really good tunes, and you know they sound great on the record. So why can't we make them work live? And I thought, well, I'm actually going to need a sort of a big band to cover all the various sonic bases on, on on the record. So yeah, so it's actually been a real challenge. We've started rehearsing and stuff. A real challenge to go back and break down why the tunes work and then put it back together again and it's also approaching the material in quite a fresh way so even though the record is you know, 20 years old um, it still feels like a real fresh kind of vital challenge getting it together to do these shows and
0: and this was the album correct me if I'm wrong this was the recorded in the garden shed type of album wasn't it? it was you and Pro Tools and having a
1: lonely battle out the back Yeah. yeah So quite Yeah, a- it was. I, I recorded it in a, in a porter studio. Um, it was made for Sony, and um, they gave me lots of money, um, which I spent because I took years to make it. Um, and some of the money was spent on lifting um, a, an aluminium porter, porter shed into our backyard, um, which destroyed the lawn underneath it, and um, uh, which had a peculiar alu- aluminium reverb to it. And, um, yeah, so most of the battle was me battling away in there, and uh, we occasionally left to go do some drum tracks with Gary, but um, yeah, and also it was just, you know, in the early days of Pro Tools and digital recording, so um, it was an entirely, for me, who come from live rock bands and loud rock bands, it was a completely new way and quite a bewilderingly new way of working.
0: It is the, the funkiest of the Dimmer albums, fair to say?
1: It is, it's actually my favorite record out of all, out of all the albums I've made. I believe you are a star. I, this is my favourite album. It's just in that it was fully, no, no work is perfect, and you know I can still pick holes in it, but it's the most fully realised in my mind of album of mine. Uh, whereas the others were sort of a lot of you know a lot of my other records were basically approximations of what of what I or we did live, you know, and. This one was actually the 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 one where I actually sat down to shape a record and didn't worry. You know, I wasn't concerned about whether it worked live, and um, as it proved later, further down the track, it was hard to make it work live. But um, making a record and live shows can be quite different beasts. So it was one where I deliberately sat down to create a record, and um, it, it was a lot of work. Um, but it resulted in a record that I you know I still. Feel really proud about, and, um, and to my ears, still sounds really fresh today.
0: You toured Dimmer and Straightjacket Fits together in 2018. Um, you're going to be part. Straightjacket Fits are going to be part of uh, Flying Nun 40th celebrations uh, in Auckland. Um, when you step out, and when you compare those two entities You know, how is that what would you say that Dimmer represents and you as an artist that Straightjacket fits doesn't and did you get a sense of how obvious that was when you were putting the two together on one night
1: um, no because you know they both both bands make sense to me and I know you know I know why both bands existed and I can remember when Dimmer came out you know like a lot of people who loved the Straightjacket fits were like oh what's this all about you know and didn't even like Dimmer but or didn't, sort of didn't make sense to them I think they were, Expecting more of the straight jacket fits, but I can see in my brain how all the stuff is connected. And as an artist, you know, you want to feel like you're on, you're on a journey developing, um, you know, rather than sort of being a, um, a, a gradually lessening Xerox of yourself. And um, yeah, so when I played, the thing I got out of playing those shows was that it basically covered, you know, 25 years of my life, uh, maybe even longer. Um, and there was, there was also my friends that I was playing music with. So I loved it. I loved going out and playing these songs that I had so many sort of uh, mental, or so many connections to, um, and associative memories or whatever. But also just going, and there, there was no careerist consequence or anything. Um, it was just actually just going and playing those songs. It meant a lot to me with my friends, and... Um, it was great and, I loved it and, and also to me the material still sounded good and I've always maintained you know like if it's a good tune if, if it's a good piece of music it'll always be a good piece of music whether it's Beethoven or whoever you want to talk about today you know good music lasts and I, I think both those bands produce good music, so it still sounding
0: good, you know? So the same applies to this album with Dimmer later in the year. It is not for any other reason than to celebrate this 20-year milestone and to get together with some music uh, musicians that you like and respect.
1: Totally. Well, you know, what other reason would there be?
0: Well, there might uh, be a yeah. m- reason to make some money and launch another <laughs> stage in a career.
1: Well, yeah, well... Making some money, sure, yes, people, please come to the shows and buy tickets. Yep, totally into that as well. But, uh, yeah, no, it would sort of be a really nice thing to do and a fun thing to do as well, you know. Yeah, totally.
0: Last time we spoke, it was in the the wake of your success with the memoir, Dead People I Have Known. At that time, you weren't sure where that might take you, whether writing might be the thing that absorbs more of your effort. How have the past couple of years panned out for you?
1: Well, last year was... Um I, I barely did anything um, creatively new. Um, I think it was kind of, a, uh, well, just basically because, like, everyone was sort of more concerned with surviving, a, you know, a deadly pandemic. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then after the, sort of the book, um, I, uh, I really, I was also questioning what to do as well, to be quite honest, because when I put out that book... Oh, you know, that book ended up winning National Book Awards and all that kind of stuff, and I thought, well, how do you follow that up, you know? And uh, it's kind of like, oh, well, I'll tick that box. But I would like to do more writing, but I also thought at some point, too, I thought, um, uh, you know, that maybe I had no... That was it for me musically, and, and you know, I thought, well, maybe that Stray jackets and Dimitra, that was, you know, a valedictory tour or something, and, you know, that's all right, you know? You've only got so much in the well, and... Um, yeah, but... um uh, I was telling you off-air, and I might as well repeat on-air, on that, that yes. Yeah, so I was wondering, well, I thought, well, maybe I won't even do any more music, but um, I bought this pedal, and it was a double-delay pedal, and, um, yeah, I just played one note through it, where I just sounded like a celestial being, and I thought, oh, man, music, yeah. And uh, so then I've, I've just gone through this period where I've just bought all these guitar pedals, and... Um, It's just given my guitar, when I sit down and play it, after decades of playing guitar, it means the colours that come back to me when I strum a chord feel different to me and are inspiring. So, yeah, I feel like writing music again, and I have been writing music again, so there we go. That's great to hear. You know, it sneaks up on you, the tide goes in and the tide goes out. And, um, um, yeah, you you know, and as far as writing music goes and all that kind of stuff, well, you know, I don't even really worry that much whether other people hear it or like it or whatever. It's just um, uh, it's the way I feel about it right at this moment is that it's just it's important for me to write more music and even for my self and my own sense of um, representation of of my creative thing or whatever and. Uh, Yes, yeah, so no, I I'm, know I'm right into it. So,
0: some of the other work that you were doing a couple of years ago necessarily is it's been shut down, right? No no opportunities at the moment to get back overseas and do any collaborations or uh, anything like that. Okay. Um, you just yeah, have I just to, finished
1: an online an online collaboration with a Thai artist that I worked with on my residency in Bangkok a couple of years ago. so you can still do stuff online. Um, I've just been down in uh, Topal where I've been working with um a couple of my friends, who um, James Webster, who's a tong a poodle player, and uh, doing some recordings with him. And um, yeah, so you know, even though I haven't been doing a lot of rock gigs, um, I've still been playing music and still being you know creative. And uh, but you know, both those, all those kind of things, man. You don't actually need an audience or outside validation or for someone to come along and say oh that's good you know like you you create these moments in a room with your fellow musicians or whatever and you don't need that outside validation just the actual experience of sitting there and creating it and making up something that didn't exist before and something that is hopefully quite beautiful or connects to something you know that to me is what it's all about and it's pretty much what it always boils down to, you know. A lot of distractions get thrown in your way down while you go down the road, but it's pretty much what it's all about, really.
0: I have a feeling you're going to be getting quite a lot of validation when you tour with this big lineup of Dimmer Force, the celebration of, I believe, you are a star. It's going to be magic. I can't wait. And the Mayfair Theatre, ever played there before?
1: Never played the Mayfair Theatre. So, have you played at the Mayfair Theatre? Never played there. I can't even remember. Have I even been to the Mayfair Theatre?
0: <laughs> um, well, you've you,
1: been to the Mayfair. I Theatre? have. I
0: saw Lloyd Co- Lloyd Cole play there a couple of times. Oh, so.
1: oh right. And, and what's it like? Well. I, I, I'm,
0: yeah, you're going to have a very focused audience. Um, everybody has a great line of sight. It's a nice, cosy environment. Uh, people will really appreciate, I think, the fact that they don't have to try and peer over the top of the shoulders of that big bugger in front of them when they're, you know, at the pub trying to catch catch the band. This will very much be a, a concert performance, if you like. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, I, I like that. And uh, yeah, um, are you still there? Yes. Yes, good. I thought you disappeared. Um, Yeah, it was similar to, um, because we are playing in the Mercury Theatre in in Auckland, and it's got these really big, comfy seats, and uh, I went along and saw a show there, and I thought, oh man, this is the experience, you know, it's kind of, it's sort of one up from, like, I really like going to the movies, and then, um, uh, especially in those gold class ones where you can put your chair back, but unfortunately I always fall asleep, (laughs) but you know, if people fall asleep in the middle of our gig, Great, you know, I really want my audience to be comfortable and my audience generally is getting older, so whatever <laughs> fills your boots.
0: Oh, well, it's going to be fun. we we'll look forward to it. Uh, Dimmer coming our way on October the 2nd to play at the main fair. Um, Shane, it'll be good to see you back in, in Um Thanks for taking some time to join us today on ORFM.
1: Good on you, Jeff. See you soon, buddy.
0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.